My name is Ben Deaver, lead pastor at Tallgrass Church. Excited to be here. Rest of my family's not here. Maddox has stayed home with a little cough, uh, non-COVID cough. Uh, so, uh, and it's so fun to see so many new faces. I hope to meet each of you. I'm actually decent with names, but you'll find me writing them down. So that's not weird, I hope. I think we could all keep working on names. So I'd love to meet all of you guys, uh, uh, Lord willing, as I'm able. And super excited about groups. So yeah, I think they're launching, what, September 12th, right? So uh, if, you are, if you're out there and you're like um, on, the, on the scriptures on your phone and you happen to flip over to groups and start checking the groups out while I'm preaching, that's okay, because that's the, one of the big application points. So if you need to start checking them out, not gonna be offended. So I'm gonna just um, share from the scriptures with you. But before that, I wanted to see, um, maybe you can see uh, what, how you might fill in the blank here. Eat, sleep, lift, repeat. So I've, I've become part of a community that feels like this is kind of the vibe. You know, when you're showing up at 5.15 a.m. to do a workout, it can feel like you are devoted to the gym. You're obsessed, you're, you're, that's, that's captured your heart. Is anyone out there, does this resonate with anyone? Eat, sleep, lift, repeat? No, okay, not, let's, try, let's try a different one. Maybe for you it's eat, sleep, game, repeat. This would be my son, if he could, he would take my phone and he would be on Minecraft or Fortnite, which we haven't downloaded for him. Um, so anyone else resonate with this? Uh, by the way, when you raise your hands, you're basically confessing uh, where we left off in John. You know, dearly beloved, keep yourself from idols. So this is, our culture really does kind of get the idea of an obsession or a devotion to a singular focus. Uh, maybe this resonates with you. Eat, sleep, Netflix. Okay, there we go. You don't have to raise your hand. Uh, just a few quick stats. Uh, in 2017 study, Average TV watching time, uh, four hours a day for an American. Y'all, we got, we got a lot of time on our hands, guys. A lot of time on our hands, statistically speaking. Uh, the amount of time consumed on media, watching TV, surfing the web, computer, using an app on your phone, listening to the radio, and all of those. Uh, this is a 2016 um, article in New York Times. The average is 10 hours and 39 minutes a day for Americans. Still leaves you plenty of time to sleep and read a book right? So eat, sleep, Netflix, repeat. Not to mention the binge-watching phenomenon. You know, you get together, you have coffee with someone, you're trying to go deep in the scriptures, and you're like, this is taking forever. I, man, this is, I just don't have time for this, but yet we have time to consume. What, the house, uh, when House of Cards and Orange is the New Black released full seasons in 2013 on Netflix, high percentages watched all of the episodes within a few days, Busy Americans, right? We've talked about that. Busyness is a kink in the hose that we have to love one another. But we got some time to eat, sleep, Netflix, repeat. So we understand what it, mean, what it means to be devoted to something. Here, I know you're waiting for something that resonates. So <laughs> eat, sleep, craft, repeat. I had to throw this in here. I don't even know what you would do during the coding process, but maybe that's a thing. Some of you are waiting to see when yours pops up and maybe you have the shirt on, it's your undershirt, like I got that shirt on right now. So fill in the blank. What are you devoted to? What do you devote yourself to? As Americans, and I know not all of us are Americans, but culturally speaking, we feel busy, we got a lot going on, but yet we understand what it is to be devoted to something. Whether Facebook, you know, even things that are not 
uh, not healthy, you know, pornography or drugs, alcohol, or, or things that are, are okay, like lawn care. I had a neighbor who was absolutely devoted to lawn care, I, I guarantee. And when they moved, the lawn just unraveled. And I, I kind of had, I kind of smiled when I saw that happen. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so what if this fall, tall grass at the well, this is what we did. We eat, sleep, life together, repeat. Let's turn to the scriptures and learn about a community actually that, that lived this out and then got to experience some of the consequences or results of living this out. Eat, sleep, life together, and repeat. So this is in Acts 2, and we're going to be in this, this uh, chunk of scripture for the next few weeks and kind of just dive in, dig into this, this experience of the early church. Uh, right after it was birthed, right after it was launched. This is Acts 2, uh, verses 20, or sorry, 42 to 47. It says this. There it is. And they, the early church, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together, they had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, same word as devoting themselves right there, day by day, attending the temple together, gathering large groups, and also breaking bread in their homes, smaller groups. They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor. It's the word for grace there, having grace with all people. And the Lord added to their number, the church that is, the day by day, those who were being saved. Father, thank you for this morning. Thanks for all that are here. Um, and I you know I've already commented, I'm excited to see new faces. I thank you for the rhythm in, of, of Manhattan, Kansas, that the fall brings with, with campus, with, the, with Fort Riley, and just uh, new people moving to town. And I pray that, that Tallgrass at the Well, we can... We can meet people right where they're at, and we can be that place that Josh talked about last week where people bring their doubts, their concerns, their hurt, their pain, and they bring them to the foot of the cross, and they, they meet you, the living God, and experience the gospel, uh, the finished work of Christ, uh, the, the, his blood shed on their behalf, and the power of his resurrection. I pray we would experience that personally, but also as a church that we could experience some of the results that the church, early church had as they devoted themselves to life together. It's in Christ's name we pray, amen. amen. So we're gonna talk a little bit of the, the context of this passage and then the, the key concept, the basic concept for us, and then what are the consequences if we were to live that out? So the context here is this is the early church. Um, so Acts 2 is the birth of the church. So in Matthew 16, you remember when uh, Jesus was asking the disciples, who do people say I am? And they, hey, some say a prophet, good teacher, all these things. He said, who do you say I am? Well, you're the Christ. You're the one we're waiting for. And then Jesus said, I will build my church on that. So that was the birth announcement, saying something is going to happen related to Jesus as the Christ, the one who Israel was waiting for, and then it would launch this new thing, the church. 
So that is the, the, the early church, the birth of the church in Acts 2. So in Acts 2.4, and if you have your scriptures, you can open your Bibles or you can turn on your Bibles um, and, and turn to Acts 2. It says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. This uh, impartation of the Holy Spirit to all the people that put their faith and hope and trust in Christ. And then they were speaking in all these different tongues to the point where people thought they were drunk in the middle of the day. And then uh, as Peter, he said, this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. In the last days, God declares, he's gonna pour out his spirit on all flesh. Sons and daughters are gonna prophesy. Young men are gonna see visions. Old men will see dreams. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so that is the birth of the church. This is the, the early morning time of the church a baby church at the time. So by this time in church history, you know, we're at least late afternoon in the life of the church, maybe far into, you know, the night, maybe we're even at midnight. But it's, it's good to look back at what happened with the early church and the success that they enjoyed early on in the life of the church. So this passage that we're reading and studying, it's, it's descriptive of what happened. It's not a prescription. We can't just read Acts and, and prescribe, this is exactly how we do it because they did it here. Actually, the gospel itself is very malleable, flexible to different cultures. The message remains the same, but the way we gather and do all these different things can, can change and meet any and every culture. However, this was so good, I would say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. There's some things here that are so good that we, they're not a prescription, but yet we do well to look at and begin to model our community after this early church. So this is historian Kenneth uh, Lazarette in a History of Christianity, a classic history book. He says this, never in the history of the race has this record ever quite been equaled, what, we're, what we see happen in the book of Acts. Never in so short a time has any other religious faith or, for that matter, any other set of ideas, religious, political, or economic, without the aid of physical force or of social or cultural prestige, achieved so commanding a position in such an important culture. So the gospel message has wreaked havoc on the world in a good way without having cultural prestige, without having a, a force at the end of a sword. Now, when, when the sword is used, that is, that is negative. That's bad. That's not good. But in, in Acts, we see this, just um, the, the gospel break forth and, and spread across the globe without any of those other forces that have spread things like communism, socialism, all these other ideas so if we read through Acts, we can see just this, this church growth. And I have several passages here. We're not going to read them all. Uh, notes are always online, and, and our PowerPoint is always online as well. But I want you to notice the quantity of growth, but also the quality of growth. So the early church, it grew wide, but it also grew deep. And just as a reminder, Paul's, his vision was that he would be able to present everyone mature in Christ, perfect in Christ. So it wasn't just getting people through the door and then we kind of sing kumbaya. We're not going to do that later unless the spirit really moves, I guess. I don't know. This is a little more charismatic than I'm used to, so we'll see. <laughs> um, it's, it's, not, it's, it's actually growing maturity as disciples of Jesus. So that's what we have through Acts. And as you read through Acts, uh, there's thousands and thousands of new Jesus followers and Luke highlights a handful 
of key stories to show the quality of growth that occurs. So, in, you know, in the days that Peter stood up among the brothers, this is right after Jesus died, rose again, ascends, there's about 120 of them, men and women. And then Acts 2.41, right before our passage, there were added about 3,000 souls. So the gospel's beginning to spread and grow. And in our passage, the Lord is adding day by day. How cool would that be if, if, if folks were joining the church daily, daily? Um, see here, the word of God continued to increase. Uh, in 6-7, in we read that even many of the priests began to follow Christ. So now we have some from the religious establishment of the Jews following Christ. And then in 8-1, there's a great persecution that helps the people actually live out what Jesus said at the beginning. Be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. So the, the, the people are scattered and the gospel is going forward like crazy. In Acts 8-12, uh, Luke, is the author of Acts, is important to point out that many are baptized, both men and women. This isn't just a, a male-dominant thing. Or this is for men and women, whole households coming uh, into the kingdom. Uh, I wanted to highlight 1224, the word of God increased and multiplied, and the context here is entire and Sidon. Uh, hotbeds of spiritual warfare where Herod had just died a gruesome death. You might want to go read that story. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of riveting. But that's where the gospel is just moving forward. And I, I like to think about this width and depth. Actually, the tall grass name, uh, tall grass church, is about that. The tall grass goes deep, but it also grows wide. And I think there's some great overlap with the name The Well where we're, we're, we're coming to drink deeply of the life that is in Christ, but we're also offering freely to all living water. I love that. Passage after passage in Acts, we see, see this devotion to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship resulting in many people experiencing joy and life in Christ. And it kind of ends in Acts 28, where we have Paul in Rome just that the center of the, of the world at the time, welcoming everyone who comes to him while he's in prison. Nothing is hindering the gospel going forward. He's welcoming everyone, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ, the apostles' teaching with all boldness and without hindrance. This is awesome. I would love to be a part of a 30 years like this. I'm 40 now, so if I could experience that from age 40 to 70, I'd be, I'd be like, take me home, Lord Jesus. But, you know, if Jesus wants to come back now, I'm cool with that too. But it would be awesome to experience this. So we got to ask the question, were they more special than us? Were they just specialer than us Americans here? And those, those other, you know, we're not all Americans. I get it here, 21st century. So let's think about this. They were human beings, mere mortals, just like us. Yes, but they had the Holy Spirit. We just read about that. Well, I guess we do too, right? Okay. But they lived a lot among lots of people who didn't know God. I think we do too. Even here on the tail end of the Bible Belt, there are a lot of people that don't know God, de-churched, unchurched. We've talked about those stats. So I think we live among a lot of people who don't know God. Yeah, but they actually worshiped the powerful and gracious creator God. 
That's who we worship, right? We just worshiped him, the goodness of God. We're singing about him. But their culture was wild and immoral and full of all sorts of crazy ideas so they could really stand out. They could really show a contrast between the way of the gospel and the way of the world. We live in a world and a culture that's crazy, immoral, full of all sorts of ideas. You know, they we talked about Gnosticism, the universalism, Roman imperialism, syncretism. All, we have all of that kind of stuff without Roman imperialism, I guess. Yes, but they were enmeshed in spiritual warfare, so it made it really exciting. You may not have eyes to see the spiritual battle raging around us, but I assure you, we are also enmeshed in a spiritual battle that should and could, can be exciting if the Lord God would give us eyes to see that. So, Yes, I think we can follow their lead and live this out. So let's think about ourselves. What, what would make us special or more specialer than them? Let's think about it. Let's, let's really ponder this. We actually have more scripture in hand, on, the, on my phone, all sorts of commentaries, all sorts of scholarship. Also, I, I have more, more scripture than that early church did. The scriptures weren't fully canonized. What you hold in your hand wasn't fully ratified until 100, well, we're not in a history lesson, but there's a whole lot there. We have more scripture than they held in their hand. We have way more access to the scriptures than they did. We actually have more church history to remember. See, they're facing persecution and they're thinking, I don't know if this is gonna work out because think about that. The church, they felt like it could have been snuffed out at any time either there in the early church or when Herod was killing all the babies when Jesus was born, one of those two spots seemed to be the most precarious for the life of the church. Uh, so we have all of this track record to look back on and see the way maker making a way over and over again for, for individuals, for communities. We actually have more time to do this. And I know you're gonna bristle. I know you're gonna bristle at that. We do have more time than the early church did. We really do. I just did the quotes on, or the stats on, on screens and all that stuff. We may be poor at time management and personal management, but we have the time. We got all these time-saving devices. My, my watch literally tells me when to breathe. I don't even have to think about that. So it's, we really do have more time than they did back then and there to give ourselves to these things. We are wealthier. Um, as a culture, and not even to dive into uh, our relative wealth across the globe. But if you got here on a vehicle and you had a choice of what you wear and a choice about what coffee you had, the coffee's been great, by the way. Vicki, thank you so much. So awesome. We are wealthier. We're more literate. Um, we, we, we just are. Literacy is, is, is uh, commonplace across the Now, we have, there's plenty of people that need help and we can keep growing, but compared to that culture... And we have more equality within our society. We're, we're reaping some of the benefit of the Judeo-Christian perspective, the gospel being fleshed out over time. So I'd say, if it, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Something they were doing back then and there was working. So they were devoted. What did they do that was working? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Not to belabor this, but we as a, as a community, as we gather here on Sunday mornings and as these groups that are scattered throughout, throughout town on different nights of the week, 
We want to be contentful, contentful, not just making up stuff and just coming with whatever the latest podcast you came across or whatever, whatever you think, and that's cool. No, we're going to root ourselves, tether ourselves to the word of God, the apostles' teaching, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they were devoted to the fellowship. A few considerations here, devotion to the fellowship. Think about our mystical union with Jesus and with one another. This may be a new concept for some, but when you come to faith in Christ, you receive the Holy Spirit, you are put in Christ. So when you read the New Testament, there's phrase after phrase, in Christ, these things are true of you. You're actually united with Jesus. And through that union with Jesus, you are united with other Jesus followers, whether you like them or not. Whether you are in community or not, you are mystically united with them. It's, it's crazy. When Jesus uh, was rebuking Paul on the road to Damascus, he said, why are you persecuting me? He's like, and Paul had been persecuting the body of Christ. So in Jesus' mind, there's not a separation between him and the body of Christ. We are mystically united with one another. The New Testament is full of 50 plus one another's. That means that it is impossible for you to faithfully follow Christ in his way by tuning in online only and not fleshing this out in community. And, I, and we're not gonna be able to live out these one another's in this, this setting right here, an hour and 15, and I say hi, goodbye, how are you doing? Hopefully I'll remember your name and we leave. Can't live out the one another's there. But in our groups, we can begin to go after the one another's and maybe experience loving one another to the point that our watching world, our neighbors will see that we are followers of Christ because of our love for one another. By the way, Josh and I and, and Sarah and Dave, the, the pastors of, of Tallgrass at the Well, we're not paid to do your loving for you, right? We're to talk and teach about it. And then we all are in this together, loving one another. One, just a passage, I know we've hit it a couple times in the last few weeks, Hebrews 10, 23 to 25. Hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. He who has promised is faithful. Christ is faithful even when we're faithless. So if you feel bad, hey, you're walking in here, head hanging low, haven't been to church in a while, or I did something really bad, welcome to you. Christ is faithful even when you're faithless. But let us consider, let's think about how to stir up one another to love and good works. That means before you come here or to a group, think about how can I stir up these people to love and good works so that they can experience joy walking in the good works created for them in Christ Jesus. Not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, dare say many, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near, the day of Christ. So our passage, Acts 2.42, they're, they're doing this day by day. So temple one day, meeting in homes another day, getting coffee at Starbucks the other day. It's a little anachronistic. They didn't have Starbucks, but probably had something. But yet here the Hebrew author says, all the more. So not to back off of this devotion to the fellowship, but lean into it even more and, and figure out how that might look. So... Yeah, that sounds pretty extreme to our culture. Kind of weird, the idea of day by day, eat, sleep, life together, and repeat. 
But yet, you know, playing the same video game over and over and over again is normal, right? You know how it's gonna end, right? We keep doing it. That's, that's normal, but studying and reading and applying the same scriptures over and over again is kind of weird. Or uh, living your, so you can look at a neighbor and say, this one might hurt if, as long as you're, if you got the jab. If you don't cover your mouth, say, this next one might hurt. Living our social life behind a screen Hoping that people I don't even know or like will like what I've posted and put out there as a virtual self over and over and over again. That's normal. But relating to the same crazy people in person as we're able with increased depth of intimacy and living out these one another, forgiving one another, bearing with one another, that's weird. I, I think they were onto something we need to reclaim, Right? So they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship. Thankfully, we have a few weeks to keep going in this passage, so I'll, I'll, I'll wrap this up. They were also devoted to the breaking of bread, so we like to eat, that's good, and also to the prayers. And the same word devotion is applied to prayer throughout the New Testament. They're devoted, so how are we gonna get this type of affection, this type of devotion? It's not gonna happen just this talk and we go home and then boom, we're devoted to life together. It's gonna take probably 21 days of prayer and fasting, which is what Josh is gonna come up and introduce. We want to ask God to help us, ask him to help shape and sharpen our appetites for the things of God, for Christ himself and for his community. Just a quick note about Jesus and his devotion. In Hebrews 12, it says that he, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He devoted himself to the cross because of the consequences if he followed through with that. And in that case, it was that he could come into relationship with us. So the consequences of Jesus devoting himself to the cross is new life for you and life together for our church. And in our passage, we see the consequences of their actions. Day by day, devoting themselves to meeting together in a large group, breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with joy and generous hearts. They praised God, they had favor. And then what were the consequences? Does anyone remember? The Lord added to their number, the church that is, day by day, those who were being saved. Now, I just want to wrap up with, with one story of a friend, because you might be thinking, whoa, I just, I'm just visiting this thing, and they're calling for day-by-day day devotion to life together this fall. Seems a bit much. Hey, please give it a chance. Maybe that's part of the spirit tugging on you, or maybe you're actually hungry for community, and it can be really good. But it doesn't have to be all or nothing. You might ask God, what is my next small step of faith? Maybe it's just to send the email, a contact, just not even join the group, just contact a leader and just go from there. Maybe it's just to go to the park, say hi to someone. Maybe it's just to come back next week, having thought about this a little bit. I had a friend, um, I wanna share one story, a friend who uh, was in the military and he had just gotten back from a deployment in Afghanistan and he jumped into our group. And he was very on the margin for, for quite some time, actually never became really committed, really engaged. But 
I did get to hear some of his story. So while he was deployed in Afghanistan, he shared with me the scene where he had his nine millimeter in the portage on and he was contemplating taking it all. His wife had just left him while he was deployed. The hurt and pain people are experiencing globally is just, it's tough. We need community. But yet he stumbled upon our group and you could, you know, I'd be on the phone with him when he had suicidal ideation, trying to get him the right help. And it didn't seem like there was a lot there, right? I mean, but he was present. He was trying to be devoted to life together. And then, of course, like Manhattan, Kansas, people move. So he moved. And then a few years later, so just a few years ago, he called me up. And he was so excited. He just said, Ben, I wish you could see me now. He had been married. He was a leader in his church. The things that the small seeds planted were being watered and they were growing. So he, he didn't just jump all in all at once, right? He took small steps, but the Lord reaped a harvest in his life. So I wanted to share that, you know, especially if this day-by-day stuff is scaring you off. So as Josh comes up here, you know, what if, skip that one, tell you about that later. What if? That, that does fit. We'll, we'll talk about it later. What if we did this though? What if we eat, sleep, life together, repeat? What if we devoted ourselves to life together? We filled our groups with hurting and hungry friends and neighbors. What if we devoted ourselves to Christ and his body and to prayer? What if we did that? So Josh is going to come up and share about uh, one opportunity to devote ourselves to prayer and fasting. We didn't talk about Thanks, that. Thanks, Ben. Yeah. That was good. That was really, really good. Um, in, in talking about this, this new season that God is inviting us into and putting before our community uh, the, the invitation to, to join a group, we see from the scripture that acts to community that we long for, to be devoted to each other, to eat, sleep, repeat, and, and Jesus is all throughout that. That kind of community, an Acts 2 community, really is the result of an out, Acts 2 outpouring of the Spirit. In other words, you don't get Acts 2 community without the Spirit moving so thoroughly in the life of that community, in the life of every individual. And so, how many of you know, when you show up to a new season, you bring the old you with us, with, with you. Right? You, how, you, how you leave is how you show up. And there are times which God calls us to break off the old thing, to, to, to be transformed and to step into the newness with an upgrade of ourselves. And it may seem like we're putting before you more things to do in an already busy life. Now, I think Ben made a great case for maybe we're not as busy as we think we are. So, but setting that aside, let's just say we're busy. Okay. And it may seem like a lot to join a group, to to add more daily activity when we're already overwhelmed. Many of us are already feeling like we're at the breaking point. Like, how do I, how do I put one more thing on my calendar for the week? And I think it's really important to to distinguish between that mentality and what we're really asking. We're not asking you to do more we're actually asking you to do less. So what would it be like for us, and instead of hitting the breaking point with one more thing to do, 
that you can actually show up in the new season expecting God to move with anticipation, then you actually have margin in your life. But what that looks like often is, is having a season with intentional dialing back or dialing down of your activities. And that's actually what I want to put before you. Before you join anything, before you sign up, before you show up, actually go ahead and sign up, but before you show up, we actually want to call our community to an intentional 21 days of prayer and fasting. Why would we do that? That sounds super intense for anybody who's not done that. We want to do it because we don't want to bring our old selves into the new season. We actually want to ask God to work in our hearts and prepare us for what he's about to do. An Acts 2 community takes an out, Acts 2 outpouring to really form that. Are you, are you guys with me? Are you following me? And so for the next 21 days, so, so that started today, but hey, if you ate breakfast, you didn't do anything wrong. It's okay. We can hit refresh every day. I'm, 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 I enjoy fasting, but I'm terrible at it. But thank God, God's mercies are new every day. There's always a delete button to go, okay, last night I had a moment of 24-hour weakness, and today I'm signing up afresh, right? And that's what God invites us into. So we want, we want to, to invite Tallgrass at the well to set the, these next three weeks aside to seek God anew and to ask him for a fresh outpouring in our own lives, in our families, and in our community. Because what would it, what would it be like is if you didn't have to hit the breaking point? What if you could actually surrender before you hit that breaking point and actually invite God in? So there's a principle that there's strength and weakness. Paul prayed for, for, for transformation and deliverance, and God said, my strength is made perfect. My power is made perfect in your weakness. And that's what prayer and fasting is. It's an ancient, there are ancient practices that have been passed down throughout all of church and Jewish history. But it's an opportunity for us not to embrace our strength and just power through to the next thing. It's actually an opportunity to embrace weakness, to dial down and to step back and to say, if I'm not as active, let's see what God will do with my surrender. And that's what we want to call you into. And so practically what that looks like for us is that if you, uh, if you go to thewellmhk.com slash 21 days, two one days, you'll see a number of on-ramps for the next three weeks where you can participate in prayer and in fasting. And it's not going to look the same for everyone, and I don't want you to think of it as an all-or-nothing thing. Like, I have, to, I have to fast perfectly every day, and I have to pray at every meeting that they offer. No, it's not like that. It, it's, there are several opportunities for you to engage with this as your health, as your time, as your availability allows, and sometimes as your uh, self-will allows. Um, I, I know for me, I've already got a trip that's planned the last week of our, our prayer and fasting. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll exit that for those few days because I'm going to be in Portland, and hello, Voodoo Donuts is on, and, and Stumptown Coffee is on my schedule, right? So there, there are times to enter in, there are times to pull back, and that's completely okay if this is new to you. Um, I would say in our age, uh, a digital fast, is, it can be just as powerful and appropriate. Like times where you exit social media, times where you, you actually put your phone to sleep and don't check it for certain periods of the day, that 
can be time, not just food that you abstain from, but actually time that you abstain from your streaming services or, or your digital devices to enter into and, and to devote that time to, to God's community and to prayer and to fasting. So what you'll see is there are some, some times of evening prayer, there are times of morning prayer, there are some prayer walks, and, and some of those various things for you to engage as you're able to. Now, what I would ask you to do is not sit right now and think about, yes, I'm doing this, or no, I'm doing this. Because again, if you look at your schedule and try and convince yourself whether you will or you won't, that's not, not God's strength. That's not God's power. That's us and our human wisdom either disqualifying us, I'm terrible at fasting, I hate it, or whatever you would say, I'm terrible at prayer, I hate it. I, what I want to invite you into in this moment is to set your yes before God. So as the worship team comes back up, what I would like us to do as our next step is to not think about signing up for groups right now and not think about it in like 10 minutes. Not think in this moment about whether I'm going to sign up for prayer and fasting and engage in that way. You can do that later today. But what I want to put before us and invite you into is your yes before God. If you could just say, yes, God, I'm signing up for everything you want me to be about in this, in this moment and in this season to prepare me for what's next. That's what I want. I'm not mostly interested in getting your name on, on, as a placeholder on a piece of paper or something like that. I'm interested in your yes to God. Will you do uh, what he wants you to do? Will you respond in the way that his spirit moves you? And then let him figure out the details. If you sign up for a group and that's a busy time of your week, maybe you need to allow God to figure out the details. If he's just asking you, do this, take this step of faith, respond in this way with hope in your heart that you're going to see him move, then let's let him figure out the details. Because many of us are trying to face tomorrow's problems with today's grace. And there's grace for today, but there's not grace for tomorrow yet. But God knows tomorrow's plans. Let him figure out the details. Why don't you stand with me and let's, what I want to do is just create space for us to maybe wrestle with the Holy Spirit a little bit, because I know there's that back and forth. Do I want to join a group? Do I really have the energy to pray and fast? Let's just allow space and give permission to ourselves to sit in the discomfort of what we're calling our community to. And then hopefully today we can get to a place of just saying, God, I don't know everything and I don't know all the details, but I just say yes to you. I trust your leadership. I trust your grace. And I believe I'll see you move. If we can get to that place, I think we'll see God do big things in our community. Okay? So why don't you bow your heads with me? If you're online and you're, you're worshiping with us, uh, just get in a place of where you can receive and maybe hear God's voice clearly. So Holy Spirit, we ask you to come. Father God, we ask you to shine your face upon us. Turn, uh, let us experience the full turning of your face, your favor towards us as we turn our hearts completely towards you. And God, we, I know we're all wrestling with different things, different, different areas of feeling busy or anxious or stressed or overwhelmed. So God, I ask for peace right now, for a clarity of thought and a peace that flows from your heart to ours.
God, we thank you for, for your grace, for your strength and your power that we walk in in this moment. And God, we ask you to increase that for tomorrow's issues, for tomorrow's problems. We ask for increased grace. We, we ask for increased capacity for ourselves. But God, we want to see you move. Above all and beyond all, we want to see the Holy Spirit of God move in our midst. And so God, for whatever you're asking for us, what, to sign up, to participate, to show up, to dial down, to, to, to hang back, God, we say yes to you. We want to be fully in alignment with your will and with your heart. So we say yes. It may be a weak yes. It may be a whisper. But God, we say yes to you. Have your way in our hearts. Have your way in our lives. Have your way in our community of tall grass at the well. And God, whatever, whatever, whatever is accusing us, whatever is blocking us, whatever it is that, that we feel hesitancy from leaning fully in and being fully devoted to you and to your church, God, we just invite you to speak to that. We invite you to address that with kindness and tender, tenderness because that's who you are. Whatever may block a wholehearted yes, we ask you to speak directly to that in Jesus' name. So Holy Spirit, come and increase your presence in our midst. Increase your presence for those worshiping at home. Increase your presence all over this place. In Jesus' name, amen. This teaching was recorded in partnership between Tallgrass Community Church and The Well. For more resources like this, visit tallgrass.church and thewellmhk.com.